Hello and welcome to KMUK's Kind to Your Mind podcast. There's no two ways about it. This year has been hard. We're all doing our best, whether that's struggling homeschooling and Zoom calls, filling our time on furlough or going into work every day to keep the country moving. When you're having a tough time, it's pretty tempting just to retreat into yourself and feel like you're the only one struggling. Spoiler alert, you're not. And that's what this podcast is all about opening up and sharing about a variety of topics to make us all feel a little less alone. There's power in talking, so let's chat. We'll cover everything from how to support a colleague or friend, personal stories of living with mental health problems, and a variety of general wellbeing topics like domestic abuse and neurodiversity. So let's get started. Hello everyone, welcome to another KNUK Kind to Your Mind podcast. I'm Alison Griffiths and most people know me as a member of the UK Care Team and I'm also a member of the UK Wellbeing Team. Today I'm here with Graham Chesterton. Graham has very bravely agreed to talk to me today to tell his story about his 30 plus year experience of managing his mental health. When I asked him what he'd like people to take from his story, he said, if it can help someone to reach out, not be afraid and seek the help they need, then it will be really worthwhile. So, Graham, welcome. Thank you so much. Hi, Alison. How are you? I'm good. I'm very, very well. Thank you. So would you like to just introduce um, yourself to our listeners um, and tell us where you work, what you do and how long how long have you been working for Keenan Nagel? Okay, yeah, so um, I'm Graham Chesterton, work for the UK engine team. Um, we're predominantly based in Aston and Derby um, on site with one of the major customers, Rolls-Royce. Um, I've worked for K&N coming up for six years in October. Um, and yeah, yeah, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy working in the team that we're in K&N. Yeah, it's really Lovely. good. That's really fantastic. Good. <clears throat> so... Um, I understand that throughout your life, um, you've had your challenges with mental ill health. Um, and I think our listeners would really like, really, really be interested in hearing your story. Um, so thinking back, when when did your battle with mental ill health start for you? And when did that come about? OK, so um, it would have been roughly when I was about 13, 14 year old. Um, I, I started becoming... It self-harm, I've got a high threshold of pain. Um, so I used to push myself and my friends um, to just to how much pain I could take, putting cigarettes out on my arms, slashing myself. Um, just generally, yeah, it, it, when, I, when I look back on it, it was probably not healthy for me, but it was just something that I did. Um, it then kind of, I, I started to get an obsession with death and what it felt like for death, and um, it, it, it kind of took over my life, literally from about the age of 14 till I was about 34 year old. Um, I, be, I became obsessed with with death and also with how I wanted myself to die, basically, and I'd sit planning, I'd sit, like, like literally I'd spend every moment of the day when I was not with somebody I'd be thinking about how I could not be here anymore and how, how I could get rid of it, get rid of it. So yeah, it was um it was a very long 20 years of suffering mm. pr- pretty much. Um I, w- I was spending a lot of time. Yeah, I, I I called it a mask. So I kind of 
had a phase for everyone else. And then as soon as I was on my own, I was totally hating myself. It wasn't so much I hated myself. I just didn't want to be here anymore. I just, yeah. I, I'd become so obsessed with death that I just wanted, it was like I wanted to try it, but I didn't, if you know what I mean. Mm. It's, it's very hard to explain. Yeah, and you were so, I think you were so young as well to start, you know, having those sorts of thoughts. And you said there that, you know, at 14, 13, 14, you were sort of that, that self-harming. Was that, yeah. was that kind of, um, it, uh, what what was going on there? What was going on in in your thought it, process? And you it, said it, it, again, it, and, I think it was kind of showing off, trying to yeah. look, I can take more pain than anyone else. So, yeah, I can't rightly remember. I just remember like trying to push myself as much as possible to, to, I mean, my arms are all covered in burn marks and oh. scars where I used to do it. And I'd be sitting in a lesson and for no particular reason, mm. I'd draw, draw a metal ruler down my arms just to see how many times I could do it without without the pain taking over. Mm. Um, and again, it, it was, it, I hid it all from the family, from my friends. Um, there were certain friends that bought into it. They encouraged me and things like that, but they weren't really friends. They were just trying to like push me to, to see how much pain I could take mm. myself. But yeah, it just became a fasc- uh, an obsession, not a fascination, but an yeah. obsession with me. Really, was it, was it kind of I don't know, just a release in some way, or it, it possibly could be. I mean, it, it, the thing is, as well, it's it, it's not like I had a bad upbringing. I was, I was my mum and my mum and dad were really good at bringing me up. They they gave me all the support. It it wasn't that I felt lonely. It wasn't that I felt. I, I just for some reason I went down this dark path. I I, I I can't I can't tell you why why I went down that path, but it, it it's just a path that I ended up going down. Um, and then trying to hide it from everyone else um yeah. so that nobody knew um yeah. I mean the burns I used to always wear long sleeve shirts and things like that so mm. even in the height of summer just simply because I didn't want my mum and my dad and anyone to see what I was doing to myself yeah. kind of thing so yeah. yeah so you were so you were living a life of a, a, I guess a big secret yeah. something that you were doing quite in secret, nobody knew. No, yeah. you know, some of your friends did and egged you on. Um, yeah. So that's not very helpful at all no, in that no, situation, no, really. No. Um, but then, but then, so so thinking back, then you know, when you when you started going to work, how did how did things kind of develop and go from from there when you started work? Okay, so um, again, I, I started taking alcohol and drugs. To it, it was kind of whenever I was on my own or not with people, I kind of went into a really dark place. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd take drugs and alcohol just to just to make me happier and just to try and bring me out of that place, which looking back, it didn't, it, all it did was just add to, add to the difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I'd literally, I'd go to work and everyone would think I was happy. I'd have this mask where mm-hmm. I was always a happy person, everything, nothing phased me. Nothing bothered me, but inside I was I was just eating myself up. It, it, I'd go on lunch break and I'd just sit there being miserable, trying to. I'd go home after work and I could have a great. It, it wasn't like anything triggered it as as such. It was it was like an it, kind of an obsession. So 
that there was no no kind of trigger. I just constantly was thinking about my own death and how I could not be here anymore. Um, yeah. When whenever I was on my own, when I was with other people, I was this happy go go lucky kind of person that just enjoyed life and enjoyed everything. So it was really really difficult for, for for my friends and family, especially at the spot because. They, they didn't have a clue. They had no, no clue whatsoever. Um, and, and, it, and it's quite in, incredible, really, because like, you've got you've got children, you've got grandchildren. I know yeah, you, yeah. Them and and you're married, happily married, and yeah, you know yeah. you, so you've got a, a really supportive family life, and yes, you know exactly. all of the exactly. things that that you would wish for. Yeah, and and it's That's interesting, it. isn't it? I think this is the thing with with mental ill health when mm-hmm. and they, I guess you kind of learn how to mask it and hide it um, and not show it to the nearest and dearest. And I've got to soldier on. Was there, and do you think, I guess this is, this is, um, because I I do think generally men and struggle a little bit with opening up and talking about things. Yeah. Um, And, I do think that played a part a little bit of, of why you didn't perhaps feel that you could t- just sort of talk to friends or family or, yeah. you know, yeah, reach out I, for a bit of support on something. Yeah, definitely. I, I think as well, it's the stigma that goes with it. So mm-hmm. I was very ashamed of myself as well. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't want to talk to people. For my sort of generation, mental health wasn't even talked about. It was kind of, you're a nutter lock him up kind of thing that that's how people looked at mental health it, mm. <clears throat> there was either you're a nutter or you're a normal person there was no like understanding mm. especially when I was younger there was n- n- not the help that you've got today and the mm. um the, the way it has been pr- portrayed by the media and everybody at the moment it is a very big thing um, yeah. and understandably so because yeah having been been through the journey I've been through I can understand how difficult it is and that's why I'm, I'm trying to help people to understand yeah. that you're not on your own kind of thing. Yes. So, <clears throat> so, so you were in this really dark place. So going back to your story, really, yeah. it's like you know, you right from an early age, thirteen, fourteen. Then you 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 go to work. You you get married. You've got yeah. children. Yeah. And so, what was the point? I think that, that that you kind of sought help, that you felt that this is this is my this is my breaking point now. This is, you know, what 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 happened in that space where you okay. actually decided to get better and 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 help yourself. Yeah. So so for me it was um I finally I finally got brave enough or I got the courage up. Um for all the plans I'd not actually ever gone through with it. Um and I just one day left the house got in the car, drove off. My wife rang my mum to say, has he, has he gone to your house? She, she knew I was feeling down, but she didn't quite understand why I just got in the car and drove off. Because, again, that was my plan. If I tell anyone what I'm doing, that would stop me. It was mm. it was all kind of through it. Um, and I found a, somewhere to park. Um, being diabetic, I, I can inject, like, insulin into myself and make myself really poorly with it so that that was kind of the plan find somewhere remote and just kill myself um so I was in the car doing that and my mum rang me and I answered the phone luckily I did because otherwise I wouldn't be here now and my mum basically begged me to come to her house 
So I, I took a, a drive with my sugar levels being it's when your sugar levels drop as a diabetic, it's like being drunk. So again, I drove to my mum's, which was about 10 mile away. I don't I can't remember much about the journey. I can remember getting to my mum's and my mum being in absolute tears. And she basically she basically explained to me that if she lost me, it would be the, be the end of her life, and that made me suddenly realise, hang on, it's it's not just me anymore. It's mm. and it, it started making me realise that it was a bit selfish what I was doing, and I needed help because yeah. I needed to stop thinking like this and acting like this, um, and I wanted to be the person that I'd always portrayed myself as, um, and not have this other burning issue inside me yeah. that was ruining my life really mm. it really was so yeah and <clears throat> I guess yeah I mean that's a it's a huge thing to go through isn't it but I, yes I think I think everything that I've read about suicide and you know um that the thoughts and leading up to that yeah. it, you've described it exactly how I've I've kind of you know mm-hmm. experienced it myself I mean you know I've 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 experienced one of my dear good friends yeah. unfortunately died um and and you know she was a family member and it was just really 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 awful for the whole family and you know it's, it happened a long time ago but it's it's still with me yeah um and I think it's so final and so tragic but everything that I've read from that moment onwards it always says you know it can take a split second to yeah. actually stop you in the tracks as well yes. Yeah. So it's it's but it's getting to the the help before you get to that that exactly. point, isn't it? And that, and that's it. And, mm. and, and for for me, I felt like I had no help as well. Yeah. I, I kind of felt like I was on my own. And the shock for me was when it actually did come out. The support I got from my work colleagues, from yeah. my family, from my friends, it it was incredible. And it yeah. it made me think. Well, why didn't I tell anyone twenty years ago? I wouldn't have had to go through what I've gone through for the last 20 years really um so yeah talking to people definitely definitely does help um definitely helps yeah and and it is isn't it so any anyone who struggles with you know mental illness I think it's that talking really does help and yeah you know taking the alcohol doing the sort of drugs and and all mm-hmm. that stuff just masks the problem and it, it doesn't actually help you in the long run yeah exactly um, in fact it probably adds to the the way you feel it kind of yeah. thing as well so yeah yeah definitely yeah. so so I guess what what advice would you give anyone out there listening who might be experiencing maybe similar situation similar thoughts or similar situation all I can say is if you feel, feel like that, then it is better to get support. So for myself, I, I literally, it, it took six months for me to begin my journey, my recovery journey. Yeah. Um, I, I basically went to a counsellor, a professional, um, and they put blockers in, what they call blockers. So if I start thinking the way that I was thinking before, I instantly put up blockers to mm. stop myself from get going down that. So for me, it's happy memories. Um, and I, I kind of bank them as I'm going along. So <laughs> if I see my grandson and he's playing and we're having great, great time, I record it. And when I'm feeling low, that's what I just play it back in my head. Mm. And it just brings me away from going into them dark, 
dark places, but I, I think everyone's different and it, it's what works for you, mm-hmm. really. That you need, the, the, and but the best way to do it is to get professional help to start mm-hmm. with or help from your colleagues and, and have that conversation just to begin begin the journey because my way of fixing things is not possibly the best way for everybody but mm. the professionals they they can guide you in the right direction yeah is what I'd and, say and it's finding an individual strategy isn't it I mean yes. I love the idea of you taking these mental pictures I think that's wonderful <laughs> I think it's something that we should all do anyway I think it's a, a great thing to re- like really think oh that's a camera yeah. moment I've just got to record that in my in in my in my head I love yeah. that that's wonderful thank you so much um, it's a pleasure and, and, you know, uh, and as I say if just one person who's feeling low, who needs help. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the KNN care is just incredible and it, it, re- it really is there to help people. And if people can, can buy into it, if they do need help, don't be afraid to go and ask for it is what I'd say. No, it's a really, really powerful message. I think that is, and thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, you know, and, and actually, you know, you're absolutely right. I think what Kuhn and Ogle are doing at the moment is amazing. We're really focusing on well-being, um, general well-being, mental ill health, you know, right across lots of different topics that we're talking about to support and help our colleagues. And we shouldn't be struggling alone. No. So it's a really important, powerful message. Yeah. So I would say to any of our listeners out there, if anyone needs does need support then we have mental health first aiders right across the business now in the UK we also have our well-being page on my KN that can be your first port of call if you need some support and need guidance um, it's got all of our information about our employee assistance program on there as well um, and just don't struggle in silence come and talk you know reach out somebody is listening Definitely. thank you so much Graham thank you it's a pleasure thank you